welcome to Long Story Short Podcast, where we reveal short stories of an active, living God who shows up in everyday life. Price for all the world to me. You paid the price for all the world to see. And for those who choose you now, shalom. 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 Oh, I wish they were. Hi, this is Brent. And this is Lisa. Welcome to Long Story Short Podcast.com, where God reveals his character and his ways in the stories of our lives so that we can learn to enjoy and trust in him. We're really excited to introduce our first podcast. Like most of you, we love a good story. Even better is a story of God working in someone's life. It's inspiring and it reminds us of who God is and what he's up to in the world. We want to spread the word of his incredible interaction with people. After doing some storytelling on our blog for a few years, we were inspired to let others tell their stories as well. Brent, you have a special friend named Mark who is a police officer here in the Twin Cities. Can you introduce Mark for us? Absolutely. I've known Mark since we were in third grade, and we share a lot of memories together. Interestingly, I've heard pieces of Mark's story, but I've never heard him tell it all the way through. And I have to say I was delighted that he agreed to share it with us. Mark and I were in Cub Scouts and Weeblos together, and his dad, who was a retired police officer, was our scout leader. And we all looked up to him. We lived within walking distance of each other, and he's one of my best friends. Mark's journey to a personal relationship with Jesus has transformed Mark in many ways, and his story will inspire you on how Jesus has transformed him as a police officer and taught him the depths of Matthew 2540, which says, And the king will answer them, Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. You'll hear him mention that scripture, and he says Mark 2540, but he meant Matthew. But I know you'll understand that slip because it's a particularly touching moment in the story when God transforms Mark and he talks about how it transformed, how God transformed his heart. And when you visit that moment in your mind, as Mark did in his, it can be a bit emotional. I can say that I got a little emotional myself. And then I felt the Spirit sober me up a, a bit, especially when I thought about the rest of the verses that follow in Matthew from verse 41 to 46. I'll let you look up those verses on your own. But now let's hear from Mark. Well, I guess I can't really talk about my about how God has worked in my life without kind of adding in my testimony for all practical purposes. I I grew up like a lot of Minnesota kids, going to church every Sunday and uh, putting on my tie, sitting in the hard pews at at my Lutheran. Lutheran Church, not smiling and not laughing, um, not enjoying myself at all, and that's that's my uh, my whole life grew up that way up until you know my, my married life, but that carried on through um, 
everything I wanted to do. And that attitude um, permeated um, all my decision making. All the, everything, all the decisions that I wanted to make. Um, I didn't do it for God. I did it for me. And that includes my, um, my job choice. My father was a police officer for 34 years at the city of Minneapolis. And I used to watch him come home. And I'd see his uniform, and I'd see that, that badge, and the shiny nameplate, and the gun. And you, you saw a sense of power a sense of authority and uh, someone that's, that's in control of his life. And I wanted that. I wanted to be, I wanted to be my dad. You know, I, I, I love my dad. And what better way to show my dad how much I love him than just walk in his footsteps. And so I started working towards that. Um, I went to school. I did my, my two years in, in community college. And, and I went through my state run police academy. Uh, uh, during the college years I met a, a wonderful woman that would eventually become my wife. And all this time I strove for this position in law enforcement and as a husband all for selfish reasons. And I did okay. I did fine. I got my job started out in, in Dallas, Texas, where I was a police officer for 10 years. And uh, I like to tell people that when I got down to Dallas, that that's where I was born again. Because that's where I left my mom and dad's house and I became my own man. Little did I know then that when I used to tell people that I was born again down there because I started this new life, how that phrase would completely changed my life later on when I came home. Because from those 10 years that I was down there, it was just my wife and I. And we didn't have kids, but we got pregnant eight years after our marriage. And we decided that it was time to come back home to Minnesota where our family is. And part of that decision included finding a good church to start attending again because that's something both she and I were kind of falling away from. And now that we have a child, we've looked at the church a lot differently. We want our child to be a good person. Did we say we want our child to be a Christian child and a follower of Christ? No. Now we want our child to be a good child, a good person. So we found, we found our church. We love, we love it, and we're still there for it, as a matter of fact. But as we started to attend more and more, we started to understand what Christ was about. And that's where my career began to change drastically. When I first became a police officer, I did it because I wanted that action. I wanted that adrenaline rush. I wanted to catch the bad guys. I wanted to be the hero. You know, that's, I think, majority of the people that want to become police officers want that. During your interview process, everybody always says the same thing. I want to help people. Well, yeah, that's part of it, but that's not the main reason you want to be a cop. 
You want the action. That's, that's what it is. And you want the authority. And I have to admit, I was no different. I, I was all six foot three, 155 pounds of me. When I got that gun and a badge on, I was the man. I, had, I felt powerful. I could take your, your freedom away at a moment's notice. So as I continued my, my career in, in, in Dallas, it was a good career. I did good things. I, um, I got some life-saving awards. I got some notoriety down there for different things. And it was all for me. It was all about me. Me, 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 me. When we began to go to our church in Minnesota now, and I started to understand who this Jesus Christ that everybody was talking about my whole life, who he really was. And that he wasn't just this mystical figure that kind of was there, but nobody really did anything about or listened to. You know, Jesus Christ was, was a human being. He's, he's God. And he's the one person that we need to center our lives around. And, that, and it was shortly after we moved back from Minnesota that I realized this. And in my studies that my wife and I would, would do together, we began to understand the, the passages in the Bible, because we never really read the Bible before. It was just a book that was there. You know, we read along in church. But when we started to study it, and we started to get these, the, the, to see what the words meant and really take them to heart, there was one passage that uh, was very important to me, and that was Mark 25.40 where uh, it says that, that whoever does for the least of my children does for me. And I took that to mean we, we should go out and help others, which I think it does say that, absolutely. So I began to do missions trips. I've gone to Mexico a number of times and helped build churches and, and uh, was a missionary down there in, in a number of different years and met some great friends and did some wonderful things down there and helped a lot of people. And as our faith began to grow and our understanding began to grow, I began to see that a little bit differently now. And I began to realize that it's not just the poor it's not just the, the, the forgotten that that passage speaks to. It says, whoever does for the least of these. Who is the least of these? The least of these are those who are farthest from Christ. Not only those, but they're the poor too. But the, those who are farthest from Christ. How can you get any, how can you be less than that in life? And as I continued in my career, and I began to see the hatred in people, I see that the pain and the drug addiction, God began to speak to me very clearly. And he told me that these are the people that need to be helped. As I began to realize this, and, and, and my wife and I talked about it a number of times, what, what do I do, How do I, what direction do I take? A friend of mine, Scott Coltis, came into play. 
Scott was a member of our church. And for about a year, people would come to me and say, hey, are you Scott's brother? And I'd say, who's Scott? He says, oh, it's this guy that just looks just like you. I could never figure out who it was. And when they were going up to, to Scott and asking if I was his brother, and he didn't know who I was. Well, eventually we met. And we looked at each other and we went, okay, I can see why people think that we're brothers because we looked a lot alike. We're tall, a lot of the same facial, facial features. He and I began to become very close. And we became best friends in our church. And he was, he was, he, he was my brother in Christ. Well, after we became real close friends and I started to learn more about him, I realized that he was a recovering meth addict. And he had grown up the majority of his life as, burglar, as a burglar, as a thief, stealing whatever he could to pay for his addiction. And I started going, wow, this is very strange because police officers and drug addicts don't mix. This isn't, this isn't the drug addict that I know. This is not the guy that I run into at work all the time that I see in the gutter or stealing things or running away from me that I have to chase down. This isn't him. This is a man who's steeped in Christ and who's battling drug addiction. And he's still constantly battling it because it's not such a strong drug. It's nothing that you ever completely get away from. You're always battling it. And he's battling this. And we're best friends. And it was shortly after that I found that out and uh, I was at work and I saw a um, car that had run off the road and run into a telephone pole. Nothing major, just a small accident. But there was this guy helping the driver and I got out and it was Scott. Scott was helping this driver and he was offering to give her a lift home while, while her car is towed. And she was looking at him like, oh, should I really do that? I didn't even know this guy. And I told her, don't worry about this guy. This is a, a friend of mine. He's one of my best buddies. You can trust him with your life. He'll take you home and help you safe. That night, he called me. This makes me choke up a little bit. <laughs> but uh, he called me that night and he says, Mark, I've never had anyone trust me that much before in my life. And I want you to know how much that meant to me. And that, that changed everything. <laughs> Scott changed everything for me. And I saw where God wanted me to go. That was God speaking to me right there. And uh, so I started to look at drug addicts differently now. They weren't the scum of the earth and the vermin and the, the downtrodden that everybody makes them out to be. They're doing bad things. Obviously, they need to, to be held responsible for what they do. But they're human beings. They've got... God has a plan for them, just as he has a plan for us. And Scott was using his life to further the, 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 the family of Christ. Because of his drug addiction, he could speak to other, other drug addicts. And, and, further, and he did that through his music and through his, 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 his talks and his friendships that he made. So now, every time I arrested a burglar, no longer did I drive straight to jail. Usually you arrest them, you may cuss at them a few times, 
knock them around and just drive them straight to jail and throw them in the, the huskau. Well, I don't do that anymore. Now, when I arrested somebody for burglary, we always went the wrong, the long way around to jail. I went as far out of the way as I possibly could because now I've got a captive audience. And God gave me the words each time to ask them where they were with their walk with Christ. And I would preach to them all the way to jail. And I would offer them my services as, as a police officer, as a counselor, as a friend to help them get off that meth addiction. And it has been a completely different way of doing my job. I don't, I don't anymore look for that action. I don't look for the chasing the bad guys. I don't look for the fights. I don't look for the, the adrenaline rush anymore. That does nothing for me. Christ has completely transformed not only my life, but the way in which I do that job that he called me to do. I worked so many years in Dallas and the first couple of years in Minnesota in a job that God called me to do, but I wasn't using his word. I wasn't using his teachings to further his kingdom through that job that he called me to do. Eventually I saw it, and I still work that way to this day. Um, now... I still chase the bad guys. The adrenaline rushes are still there. I can't, I, I'll, I'll never not enjoy doing that. It's, it's there as part of police work, and that's why I like my job. But that's not what I'm after anymore. I'm after the, 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 the furtherance of, 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 of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And it has been remarkable the outcome that I've seen. Another um, friend of mine, uh, Timothy. I met him as a burglar and I arrested him on a warrant and I took him to jail. Shortly thereafter he, he got out and but I didn't know it and I heard a chase going on as I came to work. I heard the, our police officers chasing somebody on the radio and the description of the vehicle that they gave was Timothy's van. So I knew Timothy was back at it again. And on our way to jail the first time, Timothy told me, I have a meth addiction and I can't stop. I want to stop so bad. And I gave him the same opportunity that I give everybody. I give him my card and I give him my personal cell phone number. And I tell him, call me, day or night, I don't care. Call me. We'll get you help somewhere. But it has to be your step. So I always give everybody that same opportunity. Well, he did not give me that opportunity. Or he didn't take me up on it, rather. So I heard his, this chase go, and I heard him go westbound in the eastbound lane of 94. Of course, the police officers didn't chase because it just got too dangerous. About five minutes later, I, think I heard on the radio that they found the van. It was crashed down on the south end of the city. And it was inoperable, and he wasn't around but I knew now where Timothy lives. So I went to my, my squad and I par parked down the street. Shortly thereafter, a taxi cab drove by with a guy in it hiding his face with a newspaper. 
Well, I kind of figured that might be Timothy. So I stopped the van, and sure enough, Timothy was in the back of the van. And as soon as I opened the door and he saw me, he just broke down crying. It was just, I mean, it was just like a baby. He, he couldn't take any more, and he knew, he knew that there was a reason that I stopped him again, that I arrested him again. And from that day on, he and I, he connects with me. We're still working on him. He hasn't completely turned around yet, but he's not doing meth anymore. So it's a, build, it's, a, it's a work in progress. And the cool thing about it is this September, our Bible study starts up for the year, and Timothy has agreed to come with me. What an awesome thing God has done. And it's all through the work as a police officer that I've been able to meet these people and, and lives have been changed. And it's not because of me. It's completely because of Jesus Christ and the work that he's done in me and the work that he does through me. So, he started in baby steps. I don't have a, a hallelujah, come to Jesus moment, a day that I was born again. He worked in me. And he worked slowly in me. And he built me up until finally my eyes were open. And I saw what he wanted from my life. And it was what I've been doing all along. How wonderful it is that we have a God that can show us so clearly when we open our eyes to him and, and understand what he wants from us. And that's my story. Those who choose you now, Shalom.